Um, so yesterday was beautiful outside, wasn't it? Um, as my wife said, uh, the Lord has heard our cries. <laughs> Uh, because it's been super cold uh, over the past few weeks, and, and my family over those past weeks, uh, just like full confession here, there may have been a day or two that we didn't leave the house, like not even to go into the garage <laughs> on those days. Um, and not leaving the house has pluses and minuses. The minus side is like, you know, the shining and all. Um, <laughs> cabin fever. The, the plus side, though, is that you don't have to get out of your pajamas, which is totally awesome. And my kids are completely into that, just being in pajamas and riding the bicycle through the house. That's what we do when we can't go outside. So as we start 2018, new resolutions, new changes, I think this is the year that I finally stopped trying to dress cool or professional, and I just go like full pajama 24-7. Anybody with me on that? All right, cool, cool. <laughs> I see a few retired people like raising their hands in there too. Um, and, and it's cool though if you're not retired because they've got business pajamas in case you have <laughs> meetings on those days, you can just roll with it on those days too. But there's a, there's a drawback to giving up and just going full pajama, and that's that how will people know like what we love, the bands we love, if I don't wear my lucky Beyonce t-shirt out in public? Because clothes, truthfully, they, they reflect and they communicate our identity with the world. And I'm not talking about like fashion kind of stuff here. You can tell by what we put on, our favorite color often, the bands we listen to. Um, you can tell what we had for lunch sometimes. <laughs> you can tell what our kids had for lunch sometimes in that too. Uh, you can tell what team we side with. Are there any, any Aggie fans, like serious Aggie fans here in the room? Um, there's one back in the back. Do you own any burnt orange in that? No, not at all. Um, not one bit. What we put on says a whole lot, I think, about what we follow and what we align ourselves with. And so here's what I'm going with this. As someone who follows Jesus and tries my best to align myself with the love that we find in Jesus, Maybe the question that I need to be asking in 2018 is, what should a Jesus follower wear? Which I know is the burning question that you came to church with today. What should we put on that communicates and reflects Christ, our hearts, the heart of God with the world? Well, lucky for us, the Bible actually answers that great question, what should a Jesus follower wear, believe it or not? which should make you really, really nervous because the Bible was written before like non-itchy wool, before zippers, <laughs> all of that. Um, I, just, just saying, like, I'm cool with the Jesus robe if I can't do pajamas all the time. So I'm going to look at what the Bible has to say about this. So fortunately for us, this whole clothes thing is a metaphor, but it's, it's a real metaphor because it's speaking about the way that our character clothes us, the way that our actions cover us. Now the way that what's inside in some way shines out and we put on character that we wear on our sleeve in small ways and big, the way we treat people, see people, see the world, we're communicating who we are and who we follow, who we align with. You know, are we clothed in the overcoat of anger? Are we clothed in the snuggie of hospitality? 
Who are we? And so what should we wear? What character should Jesus' followers put on? What should our interactions with the world be marked by, with our family, with our friends, with our community? And it's an important question. It's an important question for us as a faith community here at, at Open as we, as we work to build this new thing, this inclusive, missional, radically loving faith community. What is God calling the character of this community to be? What are we called to be clothed in? And it's an important question because if you were to ask around maybe the people in this room and the people outside this room, a lot of folks just assume that Jesus' followers wake up in the morning and they put on the old, worn-out clothes of judgment and hypocrisy and prejudice and power and self-interest, the clothes of clothes-mindedness. But as we've been learning, Jesus did not come to, to prop up the old sacred status quos or to reinforce the laws and the walls. Jesus came to bring something brand new. Jesus came to bring something brand new with love at its center. Love, not law. Acceptance, not earning. Welcome, not walls. To clear out the old closet and to bring us a whole new way of life. It was like the most radical TLC show ever. (laughs) So maybe, maybe 2018 is the time to ask what new to wear. Maybe it's time for us to renew our commitment to wear character that reflects God's love and to be new even when all around us is old. So we've been exploring in this series the heart of the Jesus style comes from one place. What Jesus called this brand new commandment that sits at the center of life. As we read last week, Jesus abolished the law and the commandments, all the old clothes and the old ways in order to bring something brand new. And he said this to his friends on, the, on one of the last nights that he had with them. He said, I give you a brand new commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. And that's the heart of the Jesus way. And it's beautiful because it, it begins at the center of everything, not with earning or evaluation, but with God's love for us first, for all of us, no matter our background or our story, our journey, our identity, our affiliation, our orientation, we are loved. And that love can make all things new. Because here's where we step into the story. We're called to love in the same way, to love as God loves us. That's the heart of everything, a new way of life, a new way of love in our homes, in our workplaces, in our world, put on this new way of love, this new way of Christ. And everything for the community around Jesus started in this place. In fact, you find in the writings of the Jesus community, what we call the New Testament, what you find there are not lists of rules and regulations and rituals, but a radical story of transformative, restorative, revolutionary love Every imperative in the New Testament is, is simply an application of love as you have been loved. All the things that we're invited into is just putting this into practice. Welcome as you've been welcomed. Accept as you've been accepted. Forgive as you've been forgiven. Love as you've been loved. Everything flows from this love that has the power to make all things new. And so what we're about to read 
all these things about what to do and how to act and what kind of things to put on in our life, all of it flows from the center point of love. It's simply an application of the fact that you are loved by God and are called to love in the very same way. In some way, we're putting on that love of Christ as we step into the world and move into action. So if we're going to put on that love of Christ, if we're going to love like Christ, the community wrote some things about how we put that, how we might put that into practice. It says, put on these qualities. And so here's the list of what Jesus' followers should wear. You ready? It says, as as God's chosen one, holy and beloved, as people loved by God, clothe yourselves in compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Which is beautiful, I think. Wouldn't it be amazing if that's what our church clothes looked like? Sometimes uh, people ask me, hey, I want to come to open this Sunday. Um, what's the dress code there? Like, what should I wear? And I think I'm just going to start telling them, well, you know, it's, it's easy. Just compassion and kindness and gentleness and patience and jeans. <laughs> um, no, so two things to keep in mind about the dress code, about clothes that we put on. First, um, the clothes are always an individual style, what we clothe ourselves with. Um, even though we may wear similar categories of things, like we wear dresses and pants and shirts and other things, style of what we wear is always an individual expression. Uh, and so is these things. Compassion and kindness and gentleness and patience are going to be expressed in a way that fits you, that looks like you. It looks like you loving like Jesus. And second is this. What we put on, our clothes, as we've said, are the first things that people experience and encounter in us. Since this list of virtues should be the first way that we interact with the world. It should cover over the experience of our lives in everywhere we go. From the supermarket to the, what, what else starts with super? Superdome. <laughs> Super Bowl. Anybody got Super Bowl tickets? Um, to the Super Bowl party. That's what it is. From the supermarket to the Super Bowl party. Um, it's hard being a pastor and making all these words match up sometimes. So, here, so here's what I mean by that, about that first encounter with us. Take the first thing on that list of the things we're supposed to be put on compassion. Compassion. Compassion in Greek is this beautiful word, splagnitsomai. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? All right. Um, it means what it sounds like. So let's say that together. Splagnitsomai. Yes. It means having your insides moved. <laughs> splagnitsomai. It means to deeply feel and to be moved for someone, to deeply feel and care and even, even hurt for the people you encounter. And it's the way that Jesus responded and engaged with everyone he met. And so imagine if compassion were our first response to the people that we meet, or maybe the people inside our homes, which is often where we need compassion the most, to be deeply moved with them and for them, to be deeply moved in this place by those who are seeking, by those who feel on the outside, by those who, who wonder if God really loves them or if their lives matter, to care deeply about them and about their well-being, to be moved 
That's compassion, and it's to be our first response as we go in the world. Our first response uh, as parents, <laughs> there will be time for that you should have known better talk, but compassion first. There'll be time for a conversation about policy and economics, about fiscal responsibility, about immigration status or refugee status and inequality, but our first response is always compassion being deeply moved for the hurts and the hopes and the dreams and the doubts of our neighbor and our actions flow from that place because that's loving like Jesus loved. My friend Emily and I were talking about this and how important it's, it is to be clothed first in compassion as we go in the world and especially around our friends as we try to be faith people in our world. And she said, she said this, she said, it's most important I want my friends to know that I truly love them with no judgment and no strings attached. Because if they don't understand that I love them, how could they ever understand what I love? And then she just like dropped the mic and <laughs> walked off. Because compassion is the first layer. It's our outer layer. Imagine if that was the first thing that people experienced about Jesus' followers if that was the first thing they experienced when they met us as people of open, you know, those open folks, I don't know about that whole God thing. <laughs> but I know that they care deeply and that they care deeply about me. As parents, you know, my, my mom tries to make me eat broccoli and I hate it, but I know she cares about me and my antioxidant level and vitamins. She cares about me deeply. Imagine if that's what our character clothed us with, with compassion. Okay. Time out. Um, there's two ways that this message could go as I start to list off all of these things we're supposed to put on and do and all that. One way is the standard, like, just get out there and try harder to be more compassionate and, you know, gosh darn it, God sure will be happy with you if you do it right. And subconsciously, I think that is what we so often hear in so many ways. The messages we hear are feel this way, look this way, dress this way, act this way, and God will love you. But when we're not totally perfect, the flip side is, is that maybe we're not totally worthy of love. And so I say that message, get out there and try harder, is not the heart of the God of the universe. It's not the message of this community. God's message is so much more beautiful and so much more powerful and so much more empowering than that. The message of God is that I love you first. I love you no matter what. I believe in you even when you're not sure what you believe. And that foundation, that heart of everything, changes everything and it begins everything for us. And so look how that passage that we read begins for us. It starts by saying, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, these high language for us, before we've even put on an item of clothing or, or acted in a certain way, we are loved, it says. Now, chosen and holy and beloved are very churchy words, and so I want to just kind of explain what that is saying about you and about me and about us. That word chosen, it doesn't mean that God chooses some and doesn't choose others, but it means that God chooses you. It means that God knows you and sees you and made you and formed you and knows your unique beauty and your quirks and what makes you laugh and chooses you. 
and loves you. God says you are very good. And holy, holy means that too, that that you are set apart for a purpose, for a life of meaning, invited to be a part with all you are in your story of making this world better. And beloved means just that, loved. That you are loved by God. Compassion and kindness and patience and our ability to do that on any given day do not entitle us to be loved by God. You are loved, period. But the fact that you are loved first enables you to be compassionate because you've experienced compassion. God's love enables us to become in some way what we already are, chosen, holy, and beloved. And so this isn't one of those like dress for the job you want kind of messages. This is a dress for what you already are. You are loved and chosen and set apart for a purpose period before and before anything else. So let's put on a life that reflects that wide open love, not just for us, but for all people and for all the world. And let's wear it so well that it begins to become our style. So it continues. It says compassion. And then it says next, put on kindness. Kindness, which is so sweet. (laughs) Actually, kindness, the word kindness is powerful. It is strong. Uh, I've heard kindness defined like this. Kindness means to lend your strength to someone who needs it. Kindness is strong. It could be lending your door-opening strength to someone who needs it or lending your listening ear strength to someone who needs it even when you've got stuff to do. Or if you're strong enough in your high school or your middle school to hold down a cafeteria table with you and your crew, kindness is about being strong enough to invite someone new to come sit with you and your crew who needs a place to go. That's strong. That's kindness. In the same way, gentleness is similar to that. Gentleness means treating someone according to their vulnerability, not according to your strength. When you're in a position of power in our world, maybe it's as a boss or a manager or just the power that you're given by culture, it means powering down to make it safe for others. Wonder Woman is the most powerful person on the planet, obviously. But even Wonder Woman, in all of her strength, picks up a contact lens with a gentle hand. She powers down because of the vulnerability of what she's reaching for. She doesn't wear contact lenses because she's perfect, of course, but she could pick somebody else's up if they dropped it on the ground with gentleness. We clothe ourselves in gentleness because we all, no matter our strength and accomplishments, are human beings who are vulnerable in places, and people need to know that we care about them above anything else. And so gentleness, treating someone according to their vulnerability, is the way that Jesus loves us and invites us to be in our world. So similarly, patience is being willing to move at the speed of someone else, being willing to move patiently at the speed of someone else's journey. As they navigate relationships, maybe they get to things together on their life and their spiritual journey, being willing to meet people where they are and move at their speed. So you may notice a trend in those things there, in in kindness and gentleness and patience. Loving as we've been loved often calls us to put other, pe- other people's needs first, insofar as we're able, 
and it's healthy, and it doesn't enable or harm another person or ourselves, of course. But we're called to power down and slow down and look around so that we can love people and care about them first and deeply above anything else. That's the Jesus way. Jesus put others, put us before himself, and so that's what it means to love like Jesus loves. And at times that is deep and that's real and that's hard. As a parent of a toddler or a teenager will tell you it's hard sometimes to love like Christ, but we're called to go deep, to bear with each other. Bearing with each other simply means to carry the weight of each other and to not let go. In our families, in our friendships, in our struggles, in our hardships, we don't let go. And for us as a faith community, as we seek to be clothed by that, that means that we will go with you as you go with us. We will be with you and for you on your journey, no matter the twists and turns and false starts, no matter your questions or your doubts. We will walk with you. We will seek with you. We will ask with you because none of us are without questions. Heck, one of Jesus' disciples was nicknamed Doubting Thomas. He got that as his nickname, and Jesus still let him hang around, and so I think we're okay in this. Questions don't disqualify you. In fact, as a seeker, questions qualify you for this journey. Jesus answered the questioners and questioned those who thought they knew all the answers, and so know this we will bear with you, and we'll help you hold your questions, and we'll help you hold your faith when it gets heavy. And finally, he says, in this community, we do our best to try to put on the practice of forgiveness, just like we've been forgiven. We're going to spend a little bit more time on this word in the next couple of weeks, because forgiveness is really tough, and I don't want to just gloss over it, because forgiveness means that there's been real injury. And often that injury is deep and it's real. And so I don't want to presume to tell you what to do or when to do it, but I will say this about the transformative all things new making love of Christ. In this world of payback and grudges and distapes, forgiving as we've been forgiven is a beautiful countercultural reflection of God's love that creates an environment where growth can happen. And it's an item of clothing, I think, above many others that stands out in the crowd. Forgive as we've been forgiven is our invitation. So finally, when Paul gets to the end of this, he says this, over all of these things, cover it in love. Put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Love is that infinity scarf that just brings the whole ensemble together. Compassion, covered in love. Kindness, gentleness, and patience in love. Bearing with one another in love. Forgiving in love. When Paul talks about binding things together, I think he means that for us in our lives. Let that be the center point. But I think he also is talking about us together as a community. That word bind is this technical word in Greek. When it talks about being bound together, it's... It's a word that comes from seafaring, and it's when they would tie ships together in the ports. They would tie them together for unity and safety so that they could move together on the waves and it would keep them from splitting apart in the storms. Love binds us together and makes us stronger together than we ever could be apart. And so we may stumble or encounter storms in our life, but love 
and love claimed holds us tight together. And so in this community we're with, we're for each other in love no matter what with this new kind of wide open grace-filled acceptance and love that binds us together. We don't have to be bound by power, by fear or judgment or prejudice, but only by love. And it's the same for us in our world. We're bound in mission with Jesus, who's at work for love in all people and in all places. So as Jesus followers, we're bound together with all people and for all people in love, no matter the journey of their life or the country of their birth, we are called to love as we have been loved. And so what Jesus brought to us with this application of this new ethic, this new identity, this new commandment way of being, brought us a whole new wardrobe, yes, but a whole new beginning, a brand new understanding of what it means to be loved, that we are loved by God no matter what, and we're invited to love as we've been loved. We want that here for us, for each of us, and together as a community to be the center of our life and the center of our community. We want to be clothed in love and reflect the character of Christ in our world, in our homes, in our lives, in our workplaces. A character that's not artificial, but a character that reveals what you and what we already are as beloved children of God called to make this world new. So when you go home today, um, there's going to be a closet full of old stuff when you get there. There's going to be old habits and old patterns. There may be some bell-bottoms in there, depending on um, last time you've uh, cleaned out your closet. There's going to be old patterns. There's going to be dynamics between family and friends, between coworkers and parents and kids and partners. There's going to be old lists and old grudges. There's going to be old ways of seeing the world and old ways of seeing our neighbor. And some of that, some of that it's time to put away. It's time to give it to Goodwill and then go get something new at Goodwill. Or actually get something brand new <laughs> with love at its center. And by being new, even when all around us is old, we can be part of making all things, our relationships, our communities, ourselves, new in the love of God. So let's be people clothed in compassion and kindness and gentleness who bear with each other, who forgive, who love, just as we've been loved. That's what I want to put on in 2018, uh, even when I don't leave the house. Anybody with me on that? Cool. Let's pray. Gracious God, whose love is the beginning of this story. You loved us even when we were far away. God, when, on those days when we don't know what we believe, you believe in us, God. And that begins something in us, something new, um, something wide open, something strong. Thank you for your compassion toward us, your kindness and your gentleness, how that you bared with us, that you forgave us, that you love us. And so as we go in our world with people who are like us and people who are nothing like us, God, help us to be like you in all ways, in all things. 
and be a part of your work to make all things new. We pray this in your incredible name.